Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, and my blog at frankp316 at blogspot.com. Now, we're not doing the usual podcast this week because the USC is off. We're going to be back next week with the usual podcast. But uh, we had a, um, a news item come up that I wanted to cover here. And before I do that, there's something else I wanted to talk about just quickly, which is not related to MMA at all. And that's that if you're a big music fan, there's a documentary premiering tomorrow on Disney Plus. Juan, you got Disney Plus? Yes, uh, yes, I think so. Okay, I think so. You sorry, I said I'm pretty sure the kids are always adding and subtracting stuff, so I don't ever know. Well, you got your kids probably like it, so anyway. Um, so premiering tomorrow on Disney Plus is a music documentary called Summer of Soul, okay? And this is a must see, okay? It's going to be streaming tomorrow. All right. So what this is, this is uh, in 1969, there was a uh, concert in New York uh, called the uh, Harlem uh, Heritage Festival. OK, and every black artist that you could think of was on this show. The guy uh, um, filmed the footage, but he couldn't sell it. OK, nobody wanted to buy it. So a couple of years ago, this footage resurfaced. And the guy who found it and ended up turning it into a movie is the Roots drummer, Amir Questlove Thompson. Okay? And so that's what he's done. He's uh, re-edited the footage. He's uh, produced it, directed it, the whole deal. And uh, the reviews are fantastic for this. This is getting great reviews. So the bottom line on this picture is this. If you like black music, you've got to see it, okay? It's got everybody in this, everybody is in this from Mahalia Jackson. The only person who's not in it is Arisa. I mean, she can, she's in other stuff. So Mahalia Jackson, Gladys Knight and the Pips, uh, the Staple Singers, Stevie Wonder, Max Roach, everybody's in this. So this is starting tomorrow on Disney+. Plus. Be sure you check it out. All right? I think I will. I think. Yeah, all right. All right. So, listen, take it from me. I know music, okay? <laughs> all right. So the, the, the reason we're doing this particular podcast, hey, hey, making too much noise there. The reason, we're, the reason we're doing this particular podcast is the UFC announced, when was this, on Monday or Tuesday? They announced that uh, at uh, an upcoming pay-per-view, I think in August, uh, UFC 264 or 5, whatever the hell it's, I think it's 264, um, that they, the main event of the show is going to be uh, an interim heavyweight title match, if you could believe that, between Cyril Gain and Derek Lewis. And the reason they're obviously doing this, it, for one reason they're obviously doing this, is because Lewis is from uh, Houston, right? Because that's where the paper that's where the pay-per-view is. Okay. Yeah. So, that, so they wanted 
Francis Ngannou, Ngannou to fight at this time, but he didn't want to, he didn't want to fight until September. Doing an interim title fight is really petty. Okay, number one. Number two, they've made it the main event of the show, and that's what I want to talk about because the main the other title fight on this show is Amanda Nunez defending the uh, bantamweight championship against Juliana Pena. And in my humble opinion, this is this decision to make the interim heavyweight title fight the actual main event is a sexist and misogynist decision because they're worried that if a woman's fight is in the main event on the card, it'll hurt the buy rate. Okay, there is a there is a segment of UFC fandom that simply don't want to see women's fights, no matter who's in it. And that's what I want to talk about. Well, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Because, um, I mean... I, oh, 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 before you continue, do you see anybody else in the media bringing this up? Uh, no. I, I wouldn't expect them to, for the most part. That's another thing we want to talk about. Uh, I mean, if depending on what media, most media is not going to do it. They're either in in cahoots with the UFC or they're so small and need access that they can't afford to ha- have these discussions because it's going to get a, cut their access. And once they don't have access, a lot of their material, a lot of their the way they get get sites, get clicks, get ratings is going to disappear. So they almost can't afford to to offend the UFC. They can't afford to ask those questions. Yeah, well, the thing is, the question should be asked. And I'm not saying that, that the UFC is sexist and misogynist. I'm saying that the fan the, the fan base is sexist and misogynist because this will get a lower buy rate. You know, like it'll, it'll get a higher buy rate this, this month, right? Yeah, I have to – I always see two sides when I hear this. I, I think there is a large segment of – of mixed martial arts fans who just aren't a fan of women in general. I also think there's the, the other element. There's a certain, there's a certain amount of mixed martial arts fans. that aren't fans of a certain kind of woman fighting. Whatever that means. Well, you know, like, you know, certain, how would I put it? I mean, on the other shows I've been in, they say it's not just a sexist issue on some, some phases it's sexist, but another phase, they, they believe it's an actual nationality or culture. That. I don't oh, you're talking about that. you're talking about because Abanda is Brazilian. Yeah, that's what yeah. a lot of people actually. That, that's that's a discussion. Two issues: one, she's a woman; two, she's not American. And a lot of fans might support her if she was if she's had this dominance. But she was an American fighter; she might get a little bit more support than she would being who she is and how she is. Well, uh, that I don't know. I'm not American, so I can't really uh, comment. And I can't really comment on that. Listen, Canadians don't think like that, okay? So <laughs> it's not something I would ever consider. All right, I don't give a damn if they're from Brazil or from Outer Mongolia. A good fighter is a good fighter. I really couldn't care less. Okay. Yeah. the The problem with the UFC is they're not in the business of empowering women they really at the end of the day are just going to do what is for the bottom line and whatever whatever costs them the least amount of money to make the most amount of money 
that's what they're going to do. Unfortunately, in the case of some female fighters, they, they feel they have to make too much of a financial commitment or too much of an effort to get anything in on their investment. So they're always going to take the, 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 the quick money. And in this case, it's putting a heavyweight, a fight, a male fight on the card to try to bolster it because they haven't they have built up Amanda Nunes and they don't believe Amanda Nunes in and of herself is good enough or popular enough to generate a good buy. I don't even think it's Amanda Nunez. I think it's women in general. I think the only draw they ever had that was a woman was Ronda Rousey. And and the reason Ronda was a draw as opposed to any other female fighter is because Ronda attracted a fairly large female fan base. Okay? And once she went into decline... And, this, and retired, a lot of those fans, female fans, didn't stay with it. Yeah, I mean, there is something to be said about that. In other sports, this is an issue that you, you have in other, other sports where it's male and female. And, and, and the most obvious case would be the NBA and the WNBA. A lot of people are saying, you know, outwardly they say support WNBA, support women athletes but a lot of people aren't actually going to the games and, and there's a lot more women than there are men. So if all the women just supported WMMA or whatever version of a woman's sport there is, that's where it would sell out. That's where it would do millions and billions of dollars worth of business. But the fact of the matter is whether it's women fighters, women athletes, they don't seem to be able to get the interest of their own sex because if you just have women alone, watch any one of these sports and really buy into it. Huge. It'd be unstoppable, but they can't even, they can't get that. And then they only only get so much of the men engaged into it as well. So it's like, I want to say, you want to say it's sexist, but in the same instance, it comes down to a financial aspect. You can't generate enough money. We're a business. We're not in the, we're not in the building of women's rights. We're in the business of making money. If you can't make us money, we are not going to push you past a certain point. I don't even think it's sexist. I think it's pandering to misogyny. Which is a different thing. Yeah, I mean, but ultimately they're just going to be like, eat, eat, whether we're sexist, whether we're pandering, my job is to make the UFC money, the most much money I can make. This fight is a he- is a heavyweight main event, or has the main event doesn't make the UFC the most money. So regardless of what it does for women or doesn't, see, I'm see, going to make us money. See, other than the fact that Lewis is from Houston. I mean, it gets it adds to the gate in Houston, okay? But other than that, I don't think that fight adds anything to that show. Well, how about this? How, we can look at it from the, another point of view. A fight between Gandhi and Lewis is actually considered competitive. Nobody's really thinking that Pena Nunes could be competitive, but nobody else that I talk to thinks it is. So if you have a non-competitive fight and you have the most dominant fighter. Nobody wants to see another squash match, so maybe they're just maybe they could always sell it as this is a more competitive fight. It draws more interest because it's competitive. Uh, I, that's not why they're doing it. I, I understand that, but that that's something they could use. And somebody would like, why don't you let Nunes? Well, nobody thinks it's a competitive fight. How are we going to have a non-competitive listen, fight listen, for an unpopular listen, champion? Hold, hold on a second. If Ingano mm-hmm. actually did this fight instead of Dave, okay, it would be non-competitive because there's no way it was good. Well, Lewis has already beaten him, though. Not now. It's different yeah. today. 
It's true, but but at least you have that. Just the same way they keep talking about Valentina, even though Valentina's lost to Nunes twice, Valentina has really been the only person who's pushed her in any fight she's been in in the past, like, what, three, four years? Sell the fight. You could say Lewis has beat him before. I mean, Lewis actually beat him fairly recently. I mean, not really recently, but fairly recently. So you could, you could spin it, that. I think in general it's a different fight. Yeah, I, I agree. But at least you have something to spin there. In the case of Julia Pen- Juliana Pena, you've seen her get crushed by, crushed by Duranami. She's had some good wins, but nobody's... I'm excited for this fight because I see a lot of ways this could be a tough matchup. But I don't know anybody else who's excited. So the UFC can always be like, it's not a fight that's garnered well, a lot of interest. I, I, I have a big problem with her being able to get this fight by opening her big mouth. Okay? Because yeah. that, that's why she got it. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. She, she played the angles. She knew they don't have a lot of contenders. No, yeah, quite honest, nobody else in the division is saying Amanda Nunes' name. So she's smart and taking advantage. Nobody else wants to say Nunes' name. I'm going to call her out. I'm going to put my front of the line by, by calling her out, which anybody else in the Bantamweight division could do, but uh, nobody seems particularly keen on doing. But anyway, I, I, my, go ahead. My, my point is it's, it's a bad decision anyway because it makes them look foolish. All right? And it's... I also think it's, like I said, it's pandering to the worst part of the UFC fan base. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, I, I, don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's very forward-thinking. I don't think it really helps the, uh, maybe the morality of the, uh, of the and they don't care about this stuff. They're going to pander to whoever it is that it's going to allow them to make the biggest payday. Now, there, you could say there's an issue with the fact that combat sports fans are so hung up on gender that they can't recognize an all-time great and support it, that's an issue there. At the end of the day, the UFC is about money, so they don't care what happens as long as at the end of the day they're making the most money necessary. Well, I think, what do we think of this in general? Like They, they, they need to stop doing stuff like this. They need to. The UFC, the UFC is the biggest organization. They could set the bar and they could change the, the narrative and they could build. But, I mean, like we said, the UFC doesn't really seem to care too much about the fighters, their causes, or what will be better for the athletes over in this for the UFC. If the fighters want to make a difference, then they have to make themselves the big enough stars that they can give the UFC a financial reason to support whatever they're trying to do. Well, let, let, that brings up another thing that I want to get into a little bit here, and that's that, listen, I don't feel that Bellator is competition for the UFC. They could be if Viacom actually wanted to spend money, but they don't seem to be interested in spending money. Nope. Okay? So who's, who's going to be the number one company that's going to compete with them? And I think we're starting to see this with, uh, what's it called, Thriller? Yes. Triller? So they're in the news again. Now, what they've been doing so far is kind of, um, you know, freak show fights, right? And uh, uh, they, they do a lot of concerts as part of the shows and stuff like that, which I have a problem with, by the way. But um, a story came up this week that I think we need to talk about here, having to do with a fighter, a lower mid-card <laughs> UFC fighter by the name of Sarah Elpar. Okay, and so what she did is she did a GoFundMe, 
all right, because she ain't got no money, right? And it's because a couple of fights have been canceled and that sort of thing there. And really, I'd like to see the UFC maybe give some financial supports to some of these fighters, not just women, but anybody who's having this kind of problem. So what happened is when she put the GoFundMe up, she got a couple of donate uh, interesting donations. One of them from uh, which one? Jake Paul was it? Five thousand? Yeah. Was it Jake Paul that did that? I can't remember yeah, which. Yeah, it, it was Jake Paul. Yes, sir. Jake yes. Paul, and the other one from Triller, and Triller gave her was it twenty five thousand? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So, do you know anything about Triller? Uh, just a name that that uh has been oh, maxing. Oh, so it. so you, so you don't know anything about Ryan Kavanaugh, right? The guy who wrote who. No, I don't know. Okay. He used to have a movie company. Okay. Called Relativity Media. So they, he had, um, he had, how shall I put it? Delusions of grandeur (laughs) as far as the movie business goes. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't really work out. He ended up, you know, going broke and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you can see he made some big movies, right? But they didn't, they didn't do as well as expected. So now, He's, he's doing this, okay? And I think Kavanaugh is a smart enough guy that he's seeing a weakness in the UFC, and he might be able to, you know, weasel his way into some, some of this sort of thing. So what do you think about that? Well, I mean, he's just he's, – he found a niche, and he's striking while it's hot. And not just as he's using the celebrities – He's using, he's that's drawn the attention, but now, like when he signed a uh, Teofimo Lopez, he brought him over. So now it's going to turn into a part celebrity show, part freak show, part legitimate fight show, and he's going to use that to establish himself. I, I think personally that he has hopes of bleeding over into the mixed martial arts realm of competition. I really I think, think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do exactly that. Okay. I mean, this girl who who got this money from them, she's not going to be in the UFC very long because she ain't no. very good. Okay, so can they build her into something? Well, I don't necessarily know if they could build her into. I'll take I'll take another avenue. Here's a UFC fighter under contract who needs money. They can't get the money directly from the UFC. They won't pay him, pay him a salary enough. It's good enough. Secondly, the UFC nobody in the UFC reached out to help her. And this guy did. So when fighters' contracts start coming up, they're going to start looking at it and be like, hey, this guy took care of some mid-card fighter. What, what, what might he do for me? I, I'm a ranked fighter. I'm pretty good. Maybe he might be willing to come out of me and help me build my brand and make some money for fights. He, he's gained some goodwill with them because he's, the guy he helped become rich, Jake Paul, is just signed a multi-million deal with Showtime, and now he's That's over right. there helping he's helping struggling fighters, something that Dana White was completely unwilling to do. He was just like, well, she signed a contract. And Dana White doesn't help fighters from other organizations either. So here's this guy who who has no skin in the game for MMA who reached out and gave a large sum of money, basically all the money she for a low-level, no offense to her, a low-level, no-name fighter. And he's going to give her enough money so she can feed her family, get her training, have food in the house, and not it. If people think fighters aren't paying attention to that, they are nuts. Well, I, certainly it got my attention. Yeah, I mean, it, it's noticeable. You know, it's, it, it's not a good look for Dana White. 
it's not no, a good look, especially no. female fighters, because we have a Schwan, Schwan, let me let me ask you a question in relation to that. Go ahead. Shouldn't WME give a shit about PR as it relates to the UFC? You would think so. You would think that's their specialty, but nobody seems to care. You know, nobody seems to care that this girl's having a GoFundMe. Their part is, I've heard men complain too, but um, the majority of fighters I hear complain are women fighters. You know, they had Carlos Varza trying to sell her her motorcycle. She won. People saying, "I can't feed my family. I got kids. I can't do this." And you know, it, it's just a very bad look for any fighter to be having this problem, but especially. We're supposed to be trying to equal the rights and equal the pay and lower the pay gap. And here you have a prime example of a fighter who doesn't know how they're going to afford to do their. And not only does their company, their contract does not cover it, their company is not willing to come out of pocket to make sure they, they can provide for them so they can do their job. I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible look. And, and I don't okay. understand how so, they don't think it's a problem. Okay, so here you have two stories this week that make the UFC look really bad and the MMA media have not covered these stories properly at all they can't I mean they, we, we already know why they can't do it one it's not popular people don't people don't want to hear that story they don't want to hear they want to hear and talk about the fight and secondly the people who who are w- willing to make the story either don't have a big enough platform or can't say anything because it's going to hurt their body and put them right out of business, so they can't afford to approach certain projects, pro, pro, excuse me, certain topics. The UFC is like completely buffered from almost anything. They get away with things. Well, I think a lot of it is that it's, it, you know, they'll pull credentials. They've done it before. Yeah, I mean, gotten away. Some of the stuff you heard them say about cyborgs, some of the stuff they said about other women, the harassment that you know certain fighters have gotten, and. Dana White's thing is like, well, I can't control the fans. What do you want me to do about it? You know, it, it's like they, they haven't been great to women. They haven't been great to everybody, but they especially have not been great to women. And they haven't caught more flack for it. We have multiple fighters who have beaten, beaten women or been attached to domestic assault cases or running into pregnant women in cars. And the UFC just never seems to address it on any sort of meaningful level. Not publicly, at least. All right. Well, anyway. I just wanted to talk about these two especially the first one. Let me ask you one question. Do you think yeah. it ever comes to a point where, where we see a, a little bit of a turn where the where women's mixed martial arts are commonly really picks up picks up some steam and they get they get the backing behind them, or is it gonna take like somebody like a, is a Carissa Shields if she becomes a big star, will things change? Because they need a star to create these opportunities. Do you think they find them? Who the hell knows? You know, who the hell knows? I don't think Clarissa Shields is the answer at this point. I uh, think she could be a star. I think her personality translates well into mixed martial arts. Yeah. There again, you're dealing. We we're talking about Brazilians. Well, believe me, the blacks is the same problem. But the, the problem, the problem is, I don't think there's anybody that that good out there right now. Okay, uh, the best fighter around right now. Like you said, she's Brazilian, and there is a built-in bias, which at least I'm not biased, but I can't speak for other people. Yeah, uh, like it's uh, it just it's and and you know I think I really 
I was really concerned when Ronda left that they would never really turn back around. They wouldn't really extend the divisions, and somehow they've managed to. But if you really look at some of the divisions, it's really, you know, it, it's really on the biggest stages. There's really only one, maybe, what, two, three divisions. And I don't think we'll ever see people have been asking for more. And the UFC just the UFC and other organizations just don't see enough to invest in it. Well, the thing the thing is, there's only uh, really um, uh, there's only really three decent divisions. There are like four decent divisions in, in the women's MMA, and right now the UFC only has three of them. The fourth division, like they have strawweight, flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight. They should get rid of featherweight. Yeah, maybe this is where they're punishing Amanda Nunes for keeping the featherweight belt and not just giving it up to let them close the division. Well, I don't know the answer to that question, but I don't, I, you know, to me, like I told you, like I said before, when did Amanda Nunes become a narcissist? Uh, I don't know, but it's not a good look for her. I'm not saying she is one, but it, it seems like not a good look for her. All right. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about, or is that about it? That's about it, sir. Except for one okay. thing, my victory. Oh. Sorry. I think, I think. I think last week somebody said that there could be an upset, and there was. Oh well, we'll that. talk about. Listen, we'll talk about that next week. Okay. 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 We'll talk about that next week. That's what. I, that's what I have in mind for for next week. Okay. So uh, that's about it for today. Like I said, this is a special edition. We weren't going to do a regular podcast this week, but we did this because those are two uh, pretty significant stories. Uh, anyway, if you have any questions or comments for my, either of my, either my blog or my podcast, you can leave an anchor's voicemail and you would like to subscribe to my podcast. You can do so Google podcast, Apple podcast and Spotify. Have a good week. We'll talk to you later.